This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert, my spirit is receptive, so I'm taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated. If you have a Bible this morning, we are going to pick up in Mark chapter 5. We are in a series, The Miracles of the New Testament, and today's message is Jesus Raises Jairus' Daughter Back to Life. And we find this miracle in Matthew 9 and Mark 5 and Luke 8. So what we're doing in 2023 is we're marching through the miracles of the New Testament looking for patterns and principles. If God's people would learn to look for and then apply principles and patterns from the miracles of the New Testament, they could live their lives and hardly have an unmet need. And today we come to the second of three miracles that happened in quick succession on the same day. Boom, boom, boom. Three miracles right in a row. Number 14, Jesus heals a woman in the crowd with an issue of blood. Number 15, Jesus raises Jairus' daughter back to life. And number 16, Jesus heals two blind men. And not only did all three of these miracles happen in quick succession on the same day, but interestingly enough, in all three occasions, he commended the faith of the individual. If you're taking notes, number one, care enough about people to venture out and see what God will do. Number one, Care enough about people to venture out and see what God will do. Mark 5, 21, when Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there. What is a synagogue ruler? That would be like an administrative assistant, an administrator, uh, somebody who took care of the synagogue and the books and the property. Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying, please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. Now, the Bible doesn't deal with how Jairus knew about Jesus. The Bible doesn't deal with that. We could only speculate, but I think it's safe to assume that some way, somehow, he had heard about the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think it's also safe to assume that there was great risk here because Jesus was not exactly uh, popular with the Pharisees. And so, if he had been found out, this would have been an issue. Because, of course, this was his job. This was his career. This was his vocation. But how many of you know, when your children's lives are on the line, every other concern goes right out the window? Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter's dying, please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. What faith? He doesn't say, come pray for her, we'll see what happens. 
He says, please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. Say it out loud. What faith? So Jesus went with him. Now, I, I'm, I've been doing this 50 years, and, you know, I'm just past the point of being irritated about it, that uh, all over America today, there'll be preachers talking about how sometimes it's the will of God to heal, sometimes it's not. And when we dealt with the healing of the leper and this poor man with an incurable disease fell at Jesus' feet and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can heal me. Jesus gave the answer so far as I am concerned for all time. He said, I am willing. You see the exact same spirit and attitude right here. He's, he comes, this synagogue ruler, this employee of the synagogue, my little daughter's dying, please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. So as long as the devil has got a question operating in your mind about whether or not it is the will of God that you as a child of God be healed, you won't get healed. You have got to get this settled. Say it out loud, sickness does not come from God. Sickness comes from the devil. And I don't want anything from the devil. So Jesus went with him, a large crowd followed and pressed around him. Verse 24, so Jesus went with him, and frankly, that's what we don't do. Now, in this message, I'm coming at you from a little different slant, and I'm coming at you from the idea of ministry. Miracles are simply the result of some action on a believer's part. This action could be speaking the word. This action could be an offer to lay hands on the sick. This action could be an offer to agree with someone else in prayer. Or as in, in this case, the action could be an offer to go and pray for someone. But one way or another, miracles are simply the result of some action on a believer's part. If you want to work miracles, care enough about people to venture out and see what God will do. I know this, I know this. If you don't care enough to venture out and to minister to people, you will never see a miracle. Somebody might say, yeah, but I did that one time and I didn't see a miracle. It doesn't work like that. We dealt with that during the Holy Week Revival. <clears throat> the gifts of the Spirit are as He wills. But I know this, I know this, it would be impossible for you to go out and pray for, lay hands on 100 people and not come back and tell me about miraculous healings and other miracles that happened. I'm telling you that if we want to see God move, if we want to see God move through our lives, if we want to see miracles, we've got to care enough about people to offer to help. Can I get an amen? Now, in the middle of this story, we have another story, the one we dealt with last Sunday. Number 14, Jesus heals a woman in the crowd with an issue of blood. So while Jesus was on his way to the home of Jairus, the synagogue ruler or administrator, the woman who had had the hemorrhage of blood for 12 years pushed through the crowd and touched the hem of his garment, picking up in verse 25. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. Switching to the Berean Standard Bible for verse 28, for she kept saying, if only I touch his garments, I will be healed. 
back to the King James in verse 29, and straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt, she knew, she sensed, she knew beyond a shadow of a doubt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue or power had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. We dealt with this last Sunday. This was a little bit of theater on the part of Jesus. Of course, being the Son of God, he knew who had touched him. But he wanted to make a point. He wanted to make a point. And that is, out of the press, out of the multitude, who touched him in faith. You know, we're, we haven't gotten there yet, but there's a miracle coming up. The Bible says specifically on one occasion that the power of the Lord was present for the healing of the sick. But on that occasion, one man got healed. It was when they lowered the man through the, the tiles in the roof. And it says, when Jesus saw their faith. And yet the power of the Lord was present for the healing of the sick. Now listen, there's blinding revelation here if you'll get it. When we are dealing with these issues in these four Gospels, we are talking about the age of Jesus. And that was three and a half years. In that time frame, if you wanted to get healed, you had to find out where he was and go to where he was. We do not live in the age of Jesus. We live in the age of the Holy Spirit of God. So the power of God is present everywhere all the time. Lift your hands, say, thank you, Father God. The power of the Lord is present everywhere all the time. Hallelujah. So, but we, we study these to learn the principles. Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, See, here we have it. Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. And so without an act of his will, without an act of his volition, she literally downloaded virtue from the Lord Jesus Christ by her faith. She was healed by her faith. I said she was healed by her faith. And how do we know she was healed by her faith? Because that's what Jesus said. She was healed by her faith. She was not healed by an act of his will. She was not healed because he decided to heal her. She was healed by her faith. And why would God have led why would God have led, why would the Holy Spirit of God have led three different gospel writers to include this in their gospels if it were not so for us? Can you see that? Amen. It was not a one-off. And so we saw last Sunday that this poor woman employed the four-step strategy we so often see in miracles in the gospels. Step number one, say it or keep saying it. Step number two, do it, take action on the word of God. Step number three, receive it. You gotta believe you receive. Mark eleven twenty two 22 to 24, talk about this. And step number four, tell it. 
So you can imagine being Jairus and seeing Jesus, seeking Jesus' help and seeing this miracle along the way and then being told in Mark 5, 35, your daughter is dead, why bother the teacher anymore? Number two, if you're taking notes, number two, ignore the naysayers. There's nothing more important I could say in 2023 than ignore the naysayers. Let me tell you what, let me tell you what, a great secret of my life, and I know you people can be offended by this, but I think we're past that. A great secret of my life is the art form. You know, there's, there's a lot of pros and cons about the uh, series, The Chosen. I love it myself. We're watching it over and over and over and over and over. But, you know, there's, there's, the, there, it, there's good, there's imperfect, there's not so good, but it's wonderful, the most wonderful thing I've ever seen. I think I've watched every portrayal of Jesus that's ever been done, minus the vulgar and the filthy. They did a good job. But the one thing that you see over and over and over and over and over is his ability to ignore. And it's an art form. Well, at least I've made it an art form. <laughs> Because there'll be people tell you, you can't. you can't. You can't make that much money. Ain't no way you can make that much money. Ain't no way you can build that house. Ain't no way you can get that zoning. Ain't no way. Ain't no, I mean, they're out there. It is human nature. It is the seed of Adam to be negative. But I'm telling you, if you're going to grow a business, if you're going to, if you're going to uh, find the right mate, if you're going to build a family, if you're going to have, if you're going to have something in life worth having, you're going to have to learn this right here, and that is, you're going to have to learn how to ignore certain people. And ex frankly, I think we're at a point where we've got to ignore the news to some extent. Amen. Just you have to ignore the naysayers. Amen. And don't hang out with them and don't friend them on Facebook. And, and uh, I know we have family duties and obligations, but you know, to me, a naysayer is like uranium. Uh, limit your exposure to it. You know, we were at the Grand Canyon one year and there's a, a plaque there that, you know, just below you, there was a uranium mine in the side of the canyon and I read the plaque and I thought, oh, that's interesting. And then I said, come on, family, let's walk on down through, you know, the rest of the path. In other words, limit your exposure amen. to toxicity. Can I get an amen? amen? Verse 35, while Jesus was still speaking, some men came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead. They said, why bother the teacher anymore? And listen to me right here. You're not going to get anywhere with God and you'll never see God do miracles in your life unless you learn to ignore the naysayers. And learn this lesson right here, right now. Oftentimes, the naysayers speak in religious lingo. This is Satan trying to discourage you from venturing out to see what God will do. Doubt always speaks to you in religious lingo. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Sounds so religious, doesn't it? Sounds so caring, doesn't it? But it's just negativity. I don't care if you package negativity in something that sounds caring. It's still negativity. <laughs> That's a little harsh, but you've heard it before. 
as long as you're looking for sympathy, you're not in faith. Tell your neighbor, as long as you're looking for sympathy, you're not in faith. If you want to work miracles, ignore the naysayers. And if you need to receive a miracle, if you need a miracle from God, you've got to learn to ignore the naysayers. Number three, ignore the naysayers and speak in faith. Ignore the, so it's, a, it's not a one-edged sword, it's a two-edged sword. I've got to ignore the naysayers, and then I've got to open my mouth, and I've got to speak in faith. Verse 36, ignoring what they said. Let me tell you, tell your neighbor, point at him. I know it's not polite, but point at him and tell him, if Jesus could ignore people, you can too. Turn to the other person and point at him. I know it's not polite, but tell him, if Jesus could, could, could ignore people, then it's okay for you to ignore people. Yeah, there's no, there's no commandment in the Bible, thou shalt pay attention to everybody. And there's not, you know what else? There's not a companion commandment anywhere in the Bible, thou shalt fellowship with everyone. Ignoring what they said, ignoring what they said, ignoring what they said. See, if you want a miracle, you got to learn to ignore certain folks. Ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, now this is the Son of God, this is the Son of God, this is the Son of God. And the reason we're going through these is looking for patterns and principles. So it's exactly what I taught. I didn't make it up and find the verse. I found the, the, the verse and I looked at it and I, I came up with my sermon point. You ignore the naysayers, and then you open your mouth, and you speak. Can you see that? Where do I get that from? I'm, I'm just reading what Jesus did, because it says right here, ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, or we could say it this way, ignoring what they said, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe. Don't be afraid, just believe. Yeah, but pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. Don't be afraid, just believe. Yeah, but pastor, you don't know what the doctor said. Don't be afraid, just believe. Yeah, but pastor, you don't know what the news is saying. Don't be afraid, just believe. Yeah, but pastor, you don't know what Fauci and Burks and all of that bunch said. Don't be afraid, just believe. Can you see it? Verse 36, but Jesus not... Heeding the word spoken. Oh, this is the American Standard Version. But Jesus, not heeding the word spoken, saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Fear not, only believe. Say it out loud. Fear not, fear not. only believe. Only Tell the neighbor on the one side, fear not, fear not. only believe. Only Tell the neighbor on the other side, fear not, fear not. only believe. Jesus, not heeding the word spoken to him by the naysayers, said unto Jairus the synagogue ruler, Fear not, only believe. Fear not, only believe. Fear not, only believe. And here's the way Pastor Gene gets rid of naysayers. Every time they're in my presence and they say something negative, I say something positive. And I do this until they leave my presence. <laughs> Literally. I mean, because I, I ran experiments for years and years and years. How, how to get rid of naysayers without telling them, you know, uh, bugger off. So when they say something negative, I say something positive. They say something negative, I say something positive. And this will go on for 20 or 30 seconds, and then they just walk off. It really works. And it's the least offensive thing I've ever come up with. Amen. 
If you want to work miracles, you've got to ignore the naysayers and speak words of faith. And if you need a miracle, if you need a miracle, you need to learn how to ignore the naysayers and speak words of faith. See, God wants us to love him and God wants us to believe him. That's why Jesus could say, fear not, only believe. Who are you believing? Who are you believing? Who are you believing? This morning I sent my family and the people, you know, senior management, an article. It was, it's really sad. I think his name is Paul Merrick. He was an a outstanding emergency room doctor. And during the uh, initial wave of COVID, he saved half the, half the people that came through there. He saved them. He saved them. They fired him. They fired him because he was using off-label drugs. And the reason he was able most of his career to avoid Big Pharma was in the emergency room, you're just dealing with things happening right now quick. You're not dealing with long-term. You're not dealing with prescriptions. You're, you're just trying to save a life right there. And so he basically spent his whole career insulated from the reach of Big Pharma. And so when this hit, he was just using everything at his disposal and experimenting and trying to come up with what would work and off-label and all of that. He had half, he had half the death rate in his ER that was going on in his region, half. And they fired him because they wanted him to only use the drug that uh, Fauci recommended, which they had developed for Ebola, but the problem was that it caused the rate of kidney failure to ramp up by 20-fold, not 20%, 20-fold. Who, who are you listening to? Yeah, but, but so-and-so, an expert. Listen, there's just too many people in our day too impressed with nothing. Yeah, but Kim Kardashian says that's nothing. Yeah, but Trump says that's nothing. Yeah, but Fauci says that's nothing. As long as you are impressed with people who mean nothing, you'll never know the power of God. I was so embarrassed at the behavior of preachers in those four years from 2016 to 2020. Listen, I'm off course, may as well stay off course. <laughs> when Jacob met Pharaoh, when Jacob met Pharaoh, Pharaoh did not bless Jacob. When Jacob met Pharaoh, Jacob blessed Pharaoh twice. So when a man of God runs to get the blessing of a politician, that ain't no man of God. I mean, really, who's the politician? And so our job, you understand, tell your neighbor, you do realize you're in church. See, this is not the mall. This is not, uh, you know, the YMCA. This is not a lot of places. This is church. And so our job here is only one, and that is to focus your attention on the King of kings and the Lord of lords and his word because his word changes not. Amen. He is the Lord, and he changes not, and his word changes not. Amen. Man, 
Man's like a June bug. You, you notice every year they come out earlier? And it seems like they last at less time. In other words, they're, it, it's, it's April and we got June bugs. And they last a day or two and then they're gone. That's the way man is. Man's like grass. He's here today, he's gone tomorrow. Why be impressed with that? No, 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 no. If you want a miracle, if you need a miracle, if you want to, if you want to walk in the power of God, if you want to be used of God to be a help and a blessing to other people, you have got to get your mind off of man and what man says, and you have got to get your mind and your thought life on God and what God has to say about the situation. Hallelujah. Fear not only believe. Amen. And look to God and not look to man. Hallelujah. You know, my family, because we had spent some time up where Derek and Christina live in Branson, Springfield area, my family was so happy when they put this Andy's over here. And I guess I shouldn't say that because I guess, in, I guess I'm advertising even though I, I get nothing out of it. But, uh, you know, I'm, it's on my mind because I haven't had anything like that in four months and... Oh, my gosh. So anyway, <laughs> but, you know, what, what, what would Austin think if, if he told his kids, you know, because they're always wanting to go to Andy's, if he told his kids, okay, after, after church, we'll go to Andy's, and one of them fell to the floor and said, oh, I wish I could believe you, Daddy. I, I, I wish your word was good, Daddy. I wish I could count on what you're saying. I, I wish your word was good. You would think something was wrong. Austin would think something was wrong with the child that he had a mental defect or something or she had a mental defect right to fall on the floor oh I wish I could believe you but we do that to God I said we do that to God and what must the Lord think he says this morning to this crowd I am the Lord and I change not Amen. hallelujah you know, we take man at his word on this and we take man on his word at that and we just look foolish doing it. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I have never one time looked foolish taking a stand on the word of the living God. Hallelujah. Jesus said to Jairus and Jesus is saying to you this morning by his word, his holy written word, fear not, only believe. Number four, limit your fellowship. Mark 5, 37, he did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of Jesus. And I know, I know, I know next to tithing, this is the number one thing people have resisted from the teachings of the New Testament. But you have to ask a simple question. Do you want to walk in the power of God or do you want to maintain relationships with negative people? Do you want to walk in the power of God? Do you want to see God work? Do you want to see answered prayer? Do you want to see people healed? Do you want to see people set free? Or do you want to maintain your, negative, your, your fellowship with negative people? And it is that simple. Look at John 12, 42. Hold your place in Mark 5. Look at John 12, 42. Yet at the same time, many among the leaders believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, because of the Pharisees, because of the Pharisees, they would not confess their faith for fear. They would not confess their faith for fear. They would not confess their faith for fear. They would be put out of the synagogue. What were they worried about? Their place. I said, what were they worried about? Their place. For they love praise from men more than praise from God. For they love praise. These are the words of Jesus. For they love praise from men more than praise from God. Which tells me I can get praise from God. Can you see that? 
And then John 5, 44, Jesus again, how can you believe if you accept praise from one another, yet make no effort to obtain the praise that comes from the only God? Again, this tells me that there is praise that can be obtained from the only God. And he says, how can you believe? How can you believe? How can you believe if you accept praise from one another, yet make no effort to obtain the praise that comes from the only God? One thing I've learned about praise from people is if I listen to their praise today, I have to listen to their criticisms tomorrow. If you want to work miracles, limit your fellowship. And if you are here today this morning and you need a miracle, then you need to learn how to limit your fellowship. Number five, say what you want, not what you fear. Say what you want, not what you fear. Tell your neighbor, say what you want, not what you fear. Verse 38, when they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead but asleep. And they laughed at him. They laughed at him. They laughed at the Son of God. They laughed at God. Now I know what you're thinking and how your mind is rebelling right here. But we have been given this same authority. Luke 10, 19, I have given you authority. The Greek word is exousia, right privilege authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome all the power. That's a different word. They're the same word in the King James Version, but they're not. They're two different words. He says, I have given you authority to trample on dunamis, power, might, strength, force of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. So you're either going to believe God and do things God's way, or you're going to believe and do something else. You're either going to believe and do things God's way, or you're going to believe and do something else. I said, you're either going to believe and do things God's way or you're going to believe and do something else. Jesus said, John 14, 12, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to my Father. And I will do, and I will do, and I will do. This is the Son of God. This is God talking to us. This is God talking to us this morning by his holy written word. And he says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name. And I will do. And yet, you know, people, people, people are still praying all kinds of ways. And they're not praying the way Jesus taught us. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. And in the midst of all the unbelief and the wailing and the grief and the sorrow and the religious folks showing off, Jesus spoke words of faith and Jesus said what he wanted and not what he feared. He went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead but asleep. And they laughed at him. They laughed at God. And people get worried about people laughing at him. I could care less because I have disciplined myself to not pay attention to the naysayers. conversation that came up yesterday at the picnic about people that left me when I wanted to buy the three and a quarter acres up there at I-30 and Northfield Road. My God, it was lunch money, $160,000. And not just that, we got the seller to take a second subordinated note for $40,000. It was easy peasy. We went to Meadowbrook National Bank we said, look, we want to buy a $160,000 piece of property. We got $40,000 of equity. Guy said, I'm in. You can't go wrong. 40% down. And I had people leave. And then we 
We needed $825,000 to build that little starter building up there at I-30 and Fielder Road, and I had people leave. Then I come down here and I spend $4 million, 4.1 something down here, buying 55 acres, and I had people leave. And then, see, I just get crazier all the time, so I'm telling you all this to brace yourself because there ain't no telling what kind of number's coming up. And, and so then I'm going to borrow $12 million, you know, to build this building. And I had people leave. But I'm still standing. Amen. And I ain't got no debt. Hallelujah. 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 Can you see it? Yes. What if I had listened to the naysayers on the three and a quarter acres? Lunch money. What if I had listened to the naysayers on the $825,000? What if I had listened to the naysayers on the dirt here? What if I had listened to the naysayers on building this building? I'm telling you, the devil has got double agents everywhere speaking death over your life, telling you to shut up, telling you to sit down, telling you what you can't do, telling you what you can't have, telling you what you can't accomplish, telling you how you're not going to get healed, telling you this and telling you that. But there's got to be some word of God on the inside of you. There's got to be something come up out of the inside of you and roll up over your tongue and come out of your mouth and speak the word of God over your situation and not go by what man says, but go by what God has said in his word. Can I get an amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. Go by what God has said, not by what man has said. I don't know how many times I've heard it. Ain't nobody going to lend you the money. Ain't nobody going to lend you the money. Ain't nobody. Well, guess what? I don't know anybody anything, so it doesn't really matter right now. Hallelujah. 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 Yeah, but what if they won't lend you the money next time? We'll just speak the word and the money will come in and we'll build as we go. Hallelujah. Why does anyone allow man to stop them when they know and live for and serve the living God? People will laugh at you too right up until God does a miracle in your life and then they shut up. And that, Pastor, why do we always have to have a church building on a highway? So the devil's crowd has to drive by. So the devil's crowd has to drive by. So the devil's crowd has to drive by. I mean, just this morning, how many people have driven by and thought, man, I left that guy years ago. And look at that. If you want to work miracles, say what you want, not what you fear. And if you're here this morning and you need a miracle from God, say what you want, not what you fear. Number six, put some people out of your life. Number six, put some, I mean like Fred Flintstone, you know, at the beginning of the show where he takes that cat and dumps him out in the front door. Amen. Verse 40, but they laughed at him after he put them all out. Tell your neighbor, if Jesus can put him out, you can put them out too. How many of you understand this is huge for your teenagers? How many of you understand this is huge for your teenagers? You know, you let them date the wrong people, don't do that because they'll marry them. Amen. 
No, there's not been a child in the history of the world get hooked on drugs without hanging out with druggies. There's not been a kid in the history of the world get hooked on alcohol without hanging out with boozers. But they laughed at him and he put them all out. He took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him. We know that's Peter, James, and John and went into where the child was. Now, I know people don't like to hear about limiting fellowship, but the truth is you cannot walk in the power of God and the fellowship of God and walk in fellowship with the ungodly, whether they call themselves Christians or not. And you cannot walk in the power of God and fellowship with God if you're fellowshipping with negative people, whether they call themselves Christians or not, tell your neighbor, Jesus, put them all out. Tell the neighbor on the other side, Jesus, put them all out. And I'm here to tell you this morning, if Jesus can put them out, you can too. Hallelujah. There are people in my life right now, Sue knows. I love them, but I just can't deal with it. I do. I love them, but I just can't deal with it. And so, because I don't want to sin with my mouth. And I know that if I get around them and I talk to them, old gene might pop up. <laughs> and so, you know, I want to walk in love. I want to love everybody. I don't want to sin with my mouth. And besides, there are people and I don't know what to tell them. I, I, I don't know what to tell them. I can't fix their faith. I don't know what to tell them. So the solution to me seems obvious, limit my exposure. Amen. And then when I see him, say, God bless you. I, I did that the other day. I was somewhere in public. I saw somebody, you know, 20 yards away. It, it wasn't a mall. I don't know where I was. God bless you. And then, you know, I had to scurry off to whatever I was doing. <laughs> God bless you. Amen. See, you, you social distance for Fauci, but you won't social distance for God. I'm walking up the steps. That's what he said. You socially distance for Fauci, but you would not socially, you won't socially distance for God. And actually, I'm not socially distancing. I'm faith distancing. Amen. Because I, I don't, I don't, I'm believing God for stuff. You realize, hey, I got snow on the roof, but you realize I'm not done. You realize I'm not done. We're going to build phase two. I said I'm not done. So I just can't be around <clears throat> toxic people. Amen. If you want to work miracles, you got to put some people out of your life. And if you're here this morning and you need a miracle, you're going to have to put some people out of your life. Number seven, speak the command of faith. Verse 41, he took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, it's Aramaic, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. And don't beg the devil. Don't negotiate with the devil. And don't beat around the bush praying to God with many words. Just speak the command of faith. Now, when we read the Bible, we don't have audio and we don't have video. And I think there's some things there we have to be intelligent enough to think through. For example, when he's in the boat and the disciple said, Master, don't you care if we perish? I don't think, he's, I don't think he said, Peeth, be still. <laughs> I think he spoke in a loud voice 
And I think he spoke a word of command. But on this occasion, there wouldn't have been a need to do that because he doesn't need to raise his voice over the storm and he's not talking to a devil. See, we get the impression when he, when he cast the devil out that he maybe he, he spoke in his talking voice. I doubt it. I imagine he raised his voice. See, we don't have any audio. We don't have any video. But I think we can use our brains and, and understand that on this occasion... It must have been one of the sweetest things that's ever happened in human history, the kindness and the love and the compassion. I think he spoke to her sweetly and gently. Talitha Kool. I say to you, little girl, get up. Now, that's kind of cruel, right? By 2023 thinking, because you know, I know, the devil knows, God knows, a dead girl can't get up. But he said it, and she did it. Amen. We do what we want to do. I got people can't drive and get here from Grand Prairie, but at our power lunch, we had a blind man fly from Virginia, and he was here. Can you imagine negotiating with airports, changing gates, or doing every, whatever you had to do? But we probably have people right now watching in Cannondale <laughs> because they couldn't get here. The truth is, the truth is, we do what we want to do. She, Jesus, yeah, but she was dead. <laughs> It doesn't matter. When you get God on it, it doesn't matter. I say, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but pastor, you don't know what I got. I, I don't just have XYZ. I got, I got XYZ plus. It doesn't matter. You don't have any trouble. All you need is faith in God. You just get some God on the situation. Hallelujah. You just get some anointing of God on the situation. Hallelujah. You just get some power of God on the situation. He's not talking. Jesus spoke a word of command. And a word of command doesn't have to be loud and noisy. You don't have to say it like I spoke to those ducks in my swimming pool this morning. You know, I was loud and noisy. <laughs> there could be a situation where you need to speak softly and sweetly, but it's still a word of command. In the name of Jesus Christ of... Listen, we pray a lot of words because of our own insecurity. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, be healed. We pray a lot of words in the morning when we get up to pray so that later in the day when we need God, we don't need to speak a lot of words because we've already met with him and we're walking with him. If you want to work miracles, speak the command of faith. And if you need a miracle in your body this morning, speak the word of command. Number eight, last point, let God work and give God time to work. Let God work. Let God work and give God time to work. 
Don't blow it with nervous energy. Give it time. Wait, listen, await the miracle. Wait for God to back you up. Verse 42, immediately the girl stood up and walked around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. Now, everybody's doing what they want, but I like living a life where I'm completely astonished. I was in Saltillo, Mexico one night. We were preaching under a tent, and uh, there was this woman, old, old, old. She was bent over, and I, I had never seen anything like it. Her hands were, I mean, every joint was twice the size. Arthritis, this poor, poor woman, old, old woman, bent over, and I reached my right hand out to pray for her. And as I reached my right hand out to pray for her, someone behind me and over me reached their hand out over my right hand, over my shoulder, and put their hand on my hand. And it was the doggondest thing I'd ever heard in my life. I mean, it's, it sounded like 15 buckets of popcorn going off at the same time, snapping and crackling and popping. And, and you know, she was moving and, and, and gyrating and she stood completely up. She raised her hand and praised God. And I mean, her hands were normal. It was all gone. I have, I, I was astonished. First time I ever preached in Nicaragua was when it was communist before it got free. I preached from one end to the other. Now it's communist again. But after they got rid of Sandina, not Sandina, or Ortega, I'm preaching in Sandino, Nicaragua. We couldn't find a suitable place to rent. We couldn't, it was, it was all going to be very expensive. So we came up with an amazing solution. We paid a circus to not meet for three nights. It was great. We had the tent. We had the chairs. It just was a little smelly, but it was great. We had, we had the stage. We had the tent. We had the chairs. It was great. We had the PA. It was all there, so we just paid them not to have a circus for three nights, and the first night, there was uh, a blind person healed, and the second night, there was a blind person healed. I go back to the hotel, and I... I, I I humbled myself before the Lord and I said, I am amazed. I said, a blind person healed the first night, a blind person healed the second night. I said, I, I don't know what you could possibly do to more amaze me tomorrow night. We get there the third night and there were two blind people that were healed that night. I'm telling you what, when we started out, we didn't have anything but the profit on the sale of our first house. And look what God has done. We started in a hotel. We didn't know who would show up the first Sunday. 67, besides me and Sue and Austin, 64 people showed up. And we just headed out. I'm telling you, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like believing God. There's nothing like believing God. There's nothing like setting aside the scorners and the naysayers. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like setting aside what... Uh, man has to say and looking to God, looking to God, looking to his word, looking to his word and seeing what God will do. I know this with man, things can seem to be impossible, but with God, all things are possible. I know that when you focus on God, 
When you focus on the Word of God, you can do things that man cannot do. When you focus on God, when you focus on the Word of God, you can do things that seem to be impossible. Now, if you'll follow the steps in this message this morning, God will work miracles through you. And not only that, the naysayers will be completely astonished. Why wouldn't Jesus just allow, why wouldn't Jesus allow this family to tell it? Verse 43, he gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat because he knew, he knew, he knew. See, this was early in his ministry. Later, when he raised Lazarus from the dead, they would put him to death over it. You understand, raising somebody from the dead is just a whole nother level than any other kind of miracle. And I know that in our minds, in our intellect, we want to say, well, that was Jesus, that was back then. We've had two guest speakers at Faith Christian Center who have raised the dead. T.L. Osborne raised the dead. Bud Sickler raised the dead. Now, you might say, well, I'm going to go out here and raise the dead. Well, maybe you ought to start with something simpler like, uh, you know, laying hands on somebody that has a headache or, in other words, work your way up to that. We didn't have, I didn't see blind people receive their sight my first time out preaching. Pastor, I want to see God move. I want to see God work. Well, you got to get busy. And they've got everybody so focused on what uh, some movie stars got on her arm as a purse and, you know, what this person over here is driving. And we get, we get too caught up in stuff. Look, 100 years from now, I don't care who you are or how young or how healthy. A hundred years from now, what you're driving this morning won't matter. Where you're living this morning won't matter. None of that will matter. The only thing that's going to matter a hundred years from now is who you took to heaven with you and how much you did for God and how much you put into the gospel. That's the only thing that's going to matter a hundred years from now. So don't live your life short-sighted. I said don't live your life short-sighted. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. I can do the works of Jesus. Jesus said, Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God. Jesus said, Mark nine twenty nine, according to your faith will it be done unto you. Say it out loud. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Jesus said, Matthew seventeen twenty, nothing will be impossible for you. Say it out loud. I can do the works of Jesus. Matthew 19, 26, Jesus said with God, all things are possible. Say it again. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. See, what's important is not just that I do impossible things. I'm here to teach you how to do impossible things. Can you see it? The important thing is not that I've learned how to do impossible things. I'm here to teach you how to do impossible things. They tell you you can't build a business Ignore that. They tell you ain't nobody going to lend you the money. Ignore that. They tell you you can't. Uh, a doctor told me just the other day you can't use your lifestyle to, to change these blood work numbers. I ignore that. That's, I, look, I'm doing what I'm doing. I know, ex I know exactly what I'm doing. I have control over myself. Hallelujah. My body's not in charge of me. I'm in charge of me. And I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. You might say, well, that doesn't make sense to my natural mind. Well, that's great because the Bible does not say we walk by sense. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. Say it again. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Hallelujah. 
silly doctors telling me that I couldn't do exactly what I'd done before. Amen. I know how to get cholesterol down. You just eat oatmeal. Do you like oatmeal? No, I hate oatmeal. I just eat it because, you know, it gets cholesterol down. Amen. But in other words, they're literally telling you you can't do what you did before. If I did it once, I can do it again. If I did it once, I can do it again. Amen. And if another man did it, I can do it. Because what one man can do, another man can do. Jesus said, Mark 29, 23, everything is possible for him who believes. Shout it out loud. Everything is possible for him who believes. Mark 10, 27, Jesus said, all things are possible with God. Shout it out loud. All things are possible with God. Luke 1, 37, Jesus said, nothing is impossible with God. Say it out loud. I can do the works of Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Luke 18, 27, Jesus said, what is impossible with men is possible with God. Matthew 21, 22, Jesus said, if you believe, you will receive what you ask in prayer. Luke 18, 27, Jesus said, what is impossible with men is possible with God. Shout out loud, what is impossible with men is possible with God. Let's bow our heads. I want to give an opportunity for people to make their commitments and decisions this morning. You might be here this morning. And whether you have a need in your life, a need in your finances, a need in your body, a need in your personal life, a need in your business, let's set all that aside because the very first decision to make is to give our lives to Jesus, to, to give our lives to God in the name of Jesus, to make Jesus the Lord and the Savior of our lives personally and individually. Jesus said in John chapter 3, you must be born again. He didn't say it was highly recommended. He didn't say it was for the super spiritual. He said, you must be born again. Revelation 3, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. How many this morning would say, Pastor, I've never done that. I've never made that decision. I've never personally and individually made Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior, but I want to do so this morning. If that's you this morning, lift a hand up. Lift it up high enough to where I can see it. Pastor, pray for me. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to give my life to God. You might be here this morning and you're away from God, you're backslidden, you're not living for the Lord like you used to. You're not living for the Lord like you promised him you would. The word says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How many this morning would say, Pastor, that's me, I'm away from God. I'm not living for the Lord like I promised him I would. But Pastor, I don't want to remain in a backslidden condition. I want to recommit my life to God. I want to make it right. And I want to live for him from this day to my last day. If that's you, wherever you are, lift a hand up. We're going to pray. Anyone here this morning? For the sake of those watching online that might want to make a decision for Christ, everybody in the room, let's pray this prayer out loud together. Father God, time's gone by. I've gone my own way. I've done my own thing. And I have lived for self. But I change. I turn. I repent. And I ask in the name of Jesus that you would forgive me of my sins. Wash me, cleanse me, purify me. Take out of my heart any bitterness, any anger, anything that would hinder me in my walk with you. And I thank you, Father God, as I believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead. And as I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. I thank you, Father God, <coughs> for not rejecting me but for receiving me unto yourself and into your family. 
It's in Jesus' name I pray. And everyone in agreement said amen. 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 If you're watching online, you can contact us at fccarlington.com salvation. Let us know about your decision. We'd love to send you a copy of my book, God's Very Own Child. Give the Lord a shout of victory this morning. Yes. Say it out loud. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me.